0: The past couple of months, we have been focusing in on family living in heavenly reality and specific areas of what that looks like. So we took four weeks and we talked about uh, healthy relationships. And then we took the past two weeks, Cole and Ryan both spoke on healthy leadership. Cole's message was the bomb last week. I personally, yeah. Ow, ow! Um, so we're transitioning this week into the idea of personally thriving. Um, And so for the next three weeks, we want to talk on personally thriving in the realm of mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I got the privilege of being assigned uh, mentally thriving, and if any of you guys know the way that the enemy works, he's going to, like, attack you all week. Like, I don't struggle with anxiety, and I'm, like, feeling anxious. So I believe that the Lord wants to do something tonight, yeah? He wants to break some chains. He wants wants to, like, free the captives in their mind. You don't know how many people are bound to their minds? Probably a lot of people in this room. Thoughts here, there, and everywhere. I heard this guy um describe what goes on in the majority of humanity's minds every day. He was like, "I saw this woman walking down the road and she's walking her dogs, okay? She's walking five dogs and every dog is going in a different direction, and they're pulling her here, there, and everywhere, and this woman for the life of her could not keep her ground." So her dogs were walking her. She was not walking her dogs. And this guy was giving this example and saying, like, how many of us actually, that's our thought life. The thoughts are actually controlling us. They're going here, there, and everywhere. And we cannot, like, keep our ground. We do not know how to have peace. We don't know how to be grounded in the Lord. And I just believe that there is a spiritual battle going on in the mind. Like, God wants your mind and so does the enemy. That's my first point tonight. God wants your mind. The first, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Love him with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Romans 12, we've talked about this before. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's God saying, hey, your mind is actually one of the most powerful tools to destroy the works of the devil. Which is why the enemy wants it. He wants it. One of the clearest pictures that we see of the enemy going after our mind is Matthew 16, 23. This is him influencing thought life. Jesus and Peter are having a conversation, and Peter says something to Jesus. And Jesus turns to him and says, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. That's a clear picture of the demonic actually influencing our thought life and us focusing on the things of the earth and not on the things of God. Also, 1 Timothy talks about like people will, will follow deceptive teachings actually taught by demons. That's in a battle going on in the unseen realm, so much more than the physical world of the enemy trying to influence your thought life, but so is God in God. God ultimately holds the victory. We just have to take it. we got to know how to take it. So Romans 8 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. That's what the enemy came to do, right? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Jesus came so that you may have life and have it abundantly. And so I just want us to go back to that picture. In the very beginning of my message, I want us to reflect on this before we get into the bulk of anything. In that picture of the woman, the dogs are walking her. They're going here, there, and everywhere. And they cannot, she cannot keep her ground. And I want us to ask ourselves, like, do you control your thoughts or do they control you? I want you to have an honest assessment. And we're going to play some music and just ask the Lord. Lord. Reveal to us, reveal to us what is actually going on in our minds right now. So I really felt, and you can keep playing the music for a moment. I really felt before we were supposed to talk about what this looks like and taking our thoughts captive and renewing the mind, that God wanted to, you know, Okay, so if you look at modern-day society, depression, anxiety, OCD, ADD, there's all these uh, mental disorders that are, a lot of psychiatrists call them thought disorders because there's a disconnection going on in the brain. And I really felt like God said that he wants to heal chemical imbalances tonight, and he wants to free you, but in the same way, like a chemical imbalance You actually cannot control your thoughts because there's a disconnection going on in the brain. But I believe that just as much as cancer shouldn't be there, neither should a chemical imbalance. And so we're just going to, we want to go after that. And so I just want you guys to receive it. If you feel like you're controlled by your thoughts, I invited Lander to come up here and just release healing over people who there is mental illness going on in the brain or there's a loss of control where you feel completely dominated by what's going on up here, there's chaos. We're just going to go after that tonight, and we're going to believe that God wants to heal it if it is anything like illness going on in the brain. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, let's see, how should we do this? Actually, no. I was going to have people with disorders raise their hand, but I thought I might feel a little self-conscious. It's okay. Why don't we do... Um, I, I believe that like... Sometimes the laying on of hands is important. So why don't you guys just like... Almost like hold hands or just have your hand on somebody else's back. Just make sure everybody's got a hand on them. And we're just gonna... We're going to appropriate what has already been paid for. Um, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about... Jesus took all these lashes before he went to the cross and it says by his stripes we are healed and that's actually talking about included within that is physical healing and your brain is physical like your brain is meant to be in perfect health so right now in jesus name yeah holy spirit would you just heal minds right now heal brains rework brains in jesus name Yeah, we command all dysfunction of the brains to be gone right now. And everything that is like actually come to a place where it's actually deformed, we just call that into alignment with the created purpose, with alignment with perfection in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, and we just release the truth into people's physical bodies that we have not been given a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind so bodies come into alignment with everything that's required for that to happen in Jesus name right now yeah thank you lord amen
0: yeah i really felt like god was saying that before we can even talk about what it looks like to take thoughts captive that we need to just walk in our authority of We're not under that anymore in the dysfunction of the brain chemistry that Jesus paid for that, and we are healed. So I want us to, the bulk of my message, it's all birthed out of this passage. This passage is just like a a message that I have been planting myself in over and over and over again. Um, So I want us to read Colossians 3, 1 through 3. And I just feel like we're supposed to read this out loud together. If you want to put it on the screen. Let's read it out loud together in boldness. All right. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. Does anyone else love that passage? Yeah, set your sights on the realities of heaven and think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. That's what Jesus was saying to Peter. He's saying, think about the things of God, not the things of man. Or, yeah, um, so the message version, I never read the message, but for some odd reason I did. And it's the best thing that ever happened to me in this passage. So good. I'm going to read it to you guys. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ proceeds. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up. Be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. Guys, we are meant to see things from his perspective. My favorite, like, spontaneous worship song is this woman singing, Come up here and see the things like he sees. Come up here and see the things like he sees. We can trample upon darkness when we see the way that God sees, when we see from heaven's perspective. In the kingdom, our mental filter is meant to be the reality of heaven. Every single thought, every single belief, everything that happens up here is meant to be filtered through the reality of heaven, heaven's perspective. So every single thought that we have is meant to be in submission to what is heaven's perspective. Because if it's not heaven's perspective, then I'm not going to come into agreement with that. This will change your life. This will change your life. (laughs) Thank you, Rachel. So we have to ask ourselves, and this was very hard for me to do in about five minutes because I want to get really practical with you guys. We have to ask ourselves, like, what is the reality of heaven? And I spent hours just asking the Lord, what do you want me to focus on because we could make a list like what doesn't exist in heaven, what shouldn't exist on earth and but I really the Lord gave me this passage finally today. He reminded me of Romans 14 uh, Romans 14:17The kingdom of God is one of righteousness, peace and joy. those are the realities of heaven, righteousness, peace and joy. and every single thing going on up here. If it is not producing, every single belief or thought, if it's not producing peace, righteousness, or joy, we've got to dispute it. It's not of God. We've got to see things the way that He sees. I think one of the clearest pictures of that in heaven being, the reality of heaven being peace, is Jesus. It's such a metaphorical picture of Jesus sleeping on the boat when the storm comes. If you guys recall this passage, it's in, if you're taking notes, it's in Matthew 8. The storm comes. Jesus is sleeping on the boat. And the disciples wake him up. And they're like, do you not understand? We're about to die. And Jesus, I I read the Bible through my filter. And I just see Jesus like waking up. Doesn't even say anything. Rebukes the wind and the waves. Goes back to them. And he's like, are you serious? Are you serious? Like, do you not? He says, you have little faith. Do you still not believe? He's like, hey. I came to defeat death. Death answers to me. I do not answer to it. That's Jesus sleeping in a storm. Sleeping metaphorically means you never have to lose your peace when you're seeing things from heaven's perspective. Ever. There will never be a time where fear should enter and peace should leave. Let that sink in. Death answers to us, we do not answer to it illness answers to us jesus died for that so that we might be healed it says that in isaiah curses answered us all of these things that try to come at us the the disciples were seeing merely from their circumstances death clearly was coming at them but heaven said something different you will not die you will live so when heaven is in your mind. Ultimately, peace is in your mind, which means fear has to go. I wrote a list of specific fears. When I meet with people, for those of you who haven't ever heard me teach, I work at a prayer ministry, and so I deal with people who struggle with like anxiety and depression and being controlled in the mind the majority of the day. Um, so I wrote down specific fears that I see people struggling with on a daily basis. Um, one of them is just the fear of impending doom. What's heaven's perspective? Doom is not God's heart. That's the enemy's. Doom is the enemy's heart. And you have authority over the enemy. That's heaven's perspective. Fear of inadequacy. Heaven's perspective. You're more than a conqueror. You are enough. You are a child of God. That's heaven's perspective. Fear of lack. Guys, lack doesn't exist in heaven and it shouldn't exist on earth. We are royalty, fear of not being provided for. We are royalty and we're seated in the heavenlies. Anytime, God has told me, he told me a couple of years ago, he's like, Janae, there will never be a time where you have to lose your peace again when it comes to your finances. That is not necessarily my reality, but I choose to believe that because he's like, no, 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 I own everything. And he blows my mind all the time when my circumstances say one thing And he just invades. He's like, no, no, no. What's heaven's perspective? You are royalty. You are my child. I own everything. Fear has to go. So another aspect, the kingdom of God is one of righteousness, peace, and joy. Another aspect is righteousness. Colossians 3 nails it. We're going to read that. Colossians 3, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual morality, impurity, lust, evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Do not lie to each other. Those are the things of the earth. Those are things that actually were inherited from the fall of man. But when Jesus died, he broke that curse. And so now we get to go enter back into like, the reality that God had for us to begin with. So this is heaven. Clothe yourselves with tender mercy. I like to insert in your mind. Kindness in your mind. Humility in your mind. Gentleness and patience in your mind. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. This isn't just outwardly. If heaven in your mind is, forgive them in your mind too. Not just outwardly with your behavior or your words. So... I could have spent a whole message on this, but I want to just summarize. Like, when we see things from heaven's perspective, this is what happens. We see evil and sin for what they really are. We see ourselves for who we really are. We see ourselves as children of God in our true identity. We see others for who they really are. Therefore, competition, jealousy, all this offense is broken off when we see up here. We see our purpose on earth for what it really is. Like hopelessness and purposelessness, like that doesn't exist anymore because we're like, no, I was put on this earth for this. And that's what wakes us up in the morning when we see from heaven's perspective. We see God through the lens of his true nature. No more like the enemy trying to say like, but is God really good? No, no, no. When we see from heaven's perspective, we know who our dad is. We know who our dad is. That is a lot to throw on you. We could have spent a whole message on that, but I really believe that, like, we have to ask ourselves, how do we daily filter our thoughts through the realities of heaven? That's what I want to leave you with. I want to leave you with tools that you can leave tomorrow, and you can start putting this into action. We cannot coast our way into thinking like heaven. This is a daily proactive decision. So I want to give you three um, just helpful tools. The first one is the main one that I'm going to focus on. Test your thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So how do we do that? Well, we need to recognize that, like, not all our thoughts are your, like, not all your thoughts are your thoughts. If that makes sense. The stuff entering in my head isn't necessarily all coming from me. We need to understand that there are sources, there are things going on in the atmosphere that we're picking up on. So just talking about sources, number one, a huge source of thoughts that you might have is picking up on stuff from the atmosphere. This was huge for me. I heard this guy tell a story. He's actually one of my really good friends a couple of years ago. He said that he walked into his house and um, he walked into his house and he had this abnormal thought. He hadn't thought that in years. but He's like, I want to get drunk tonight. And the whole, like, he just spends like three hours like, this is so weird. Why am I thinking this? I want to get drunk tonight. I want to get drunk tonight. And he was just in this internal battle because he was having a thought that didn't seem like him. But then he started questioning, wait, do I want to get drunk tonight? And then he was going, thinking it was him. So he walks into his kitchen after three hours of having that. And he looks and he sees a bottle on his kitchen table. And he's like, well, that's weird. And his roommate walks in. He's like, hey, man, I'm going to get drunk tonight. His roommate doesn't drink. And he was like, I finally realized I was picking up on what my roommate carried in. That wasn't actually me. But if he didn't know how to recognize what was in the atmosphere, he would have come under that maybe. I think a lot of us do that. We pick up on stuff on the atmosphere and start thinking it's us. I remember, like, I started learning how to discern what people struggle with very quickly because I would sit in my internship with kids, they're 13 to 17 years old, and do counseling. And within five minutes, I would start having all these abnormal thoughts. Stuff going on in me internally. And I'm like, God, this is so weird. Like a pervy thought is entering my head. This isn't normal. And the Lord's like, yeah, you're picking up on what they're carrying. I started realizing really quickly how to discern. I heard another lady This is huge, so I want to keep honing this in. I heard another lady tell a story that she was speaking at a men's sexual purity group. So she walks into this purity group, and the Lord's like, you need to tell a third of these men that they're not supposed to be here. She's like, what are you talking about? And the Lord's like, a third of these men have actually already overcome lust, but what happened was they walked into an environment, picked up on what someone else was carrying, had an abnormal thought, They thought it was them, and they checked themselves back into a support group. And this lady walks in, and she was like, you have already overcome that. She felt like she was supposed to tell a third of them, you've already overcome that. You just need to learn what's coming at you and what's in you. There's a difference. Because when it comes at us, when we think it's us, we're probably much more likely to come under it. So test your thoughts. What is the source? could be the Holy Spirit That's how we learn to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. He wants to give you words of knowledge, downloads. You might have something abnormal and it's not the atmosphere it's actually the Holy Spirit and hopefully that becomes our normal where every day we walk in we have this thought and it's the Holy Spirit just giving us a download on someone or prophecy where we want to speak into someone's future. God wants to give you revelation. We need to learn is the source the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit or is it the source you? A lot of thoughts that you have are actually you. But guess what? Just because you have a thought does not mean that it's necessarily true. A lot of people just associate like, oh, I had the thought. It must be true. Not at all. It could be coming from a wound. It could be coming from a misbelief that you formed about yourself. It's like someone who's bulimic and stares in the mirror and they're under 100 pounds, but they're like, I'm fat, I'm fat, I'm fat. That's, that thought could be coming from them. But how many of you guys know that that's really distorted? We've got to learn, okay, what's in the atmosphere? What's the Holy Spirit? What's the thoughts in me? And then find out what is actually true and filter it through the realities of heaven. So I want to teach you guys um, that there's a statement that I would always tell my kids. How I think determines how I feel, which determines how I act. When I say kids, I mean the kids that I would counsel at my internship. How I think determines how I feel, which determines how I act. And I want to teach you guys um, something that I would teach these these kids, how to test their thoughts. So if you want to pull out that card that you got, if you see it. And Melissa Ray Marshall is going to be my helper. We're going to have a whiteboard. So... The A is the activating or the, the, the upsetting event. The B is the thoughts and beliefs that you have behind that event. And the C is, so because I believe this, because I thought this, how am I going to feel? Therefore, how am I going to act? And then we're going to learn how to challenge it. And for those of you who, um, Melissa, if you want to write that A, B, C, and then a challenge up there and we'll, For those of you who do struggle with irrational thoughts and not knowing, like, they're here, there, and everywhere, and not knowing what's from you, you might see this and be like, who really has the time for that? But I would encourage you, like, this does take time. But I would encourage you to at least start it. Start training yourself how to challenge your thoughts. Start writing things out. And when you write things out, it brings more clarity of what's actually going on in you. So, okay, I was going to have us pick the activating event, but I decided I'm going to pick the most upsetting event that we will have really irrational thoughts. So let's say that you're in a relationship, you're not married, you're dating someone, it's really serious, and they change their mind about you. Probably going to have the most ir- irrational thoughts possible, right? So, activating event, let's write down someone she's going to write for me. Changes their mind about you, breakup. So I need. this is where you guys are interactive. What are going to be your thoughts after that happens to you? You can just yell it out. Unlovable. You're the best, Melissa. Unlovable. What's wrong with me? What's going to be a belief that you think about yourself? Like, actually, it's my fault. Not good enough. What else? Never going to fall in love again yeah so when you think that, and this is pretty valid, like this isn't something that like people don't think this is this is valid so some someone changes their mind about you, you break up, so your thoughts are unlovable, rejection, not good enough. So how are you going to feel? What are gonna be some feelings? You can yell it out. Sorrow, sad, depression, lonely. Defeat. Defeat's a big one. So how are you going to act? If you Because you feel that way. Because you feel sorrow, rejection, sad, lonely, defeat. Actions, self-loathing, what else? Isolate. Detach. That's a big one. Numbing, another word for that, we do it, we avoid. We all have our ways of avoiding. Let's get real. Avoidance is huge. So because I feel this way, I'm not going to act this way. I'm going to detach. I'm going to isolate. I'm going to numb. I'm going to avoid. So the challenge, what is heaven's perspective? What is heaven's perspective in the most heartbreaking thing? Like when you feel this, what does God actually have to say about that? I'll always love you. There's always hope. You're worth it. Here's a big one for me. Don't get stuck in a sentence of your life. This is one small chapter in a much bigger story of your life. It's character building. What else? Come on. I loved you first. What does he say in regards to feeling like a failure? I believe in you. There's grace. More than a conqueror, Melissa, you're doing great. Everybody loves her. Keep the faith. So when you challenge it, all right, when you challenge what is heaven's perspective, now what are you going to believe? What are you going to think? What are going to be your thoughts when you start telling yourself that? I am loved. I am enough. Yeah, I'm worthy. And so because you tell yourself that, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel good. What else? Come on. Encouraged. Yeah, hopeful. Hopeful is huge. When you're feeling defeat and you challenge it with heaven's perspective, the the idea is you would get into a place of hope. What about peace? Joy. Joy. That's what we want. We want to produce. We want to challenge our thoughts and our beliefs to start producing peace, joy, and righteousness. So therefore, because I'm going to tell myself that and I'm going to feel that, how am I going to act? Patient? Is that what you said? Someone else. Because I feel that, how am I now going to act? Show that love to others. Probably going to wake myself up in the morning. Try again spend time with the lord and and just like embrace the season keep going choose not to come into agreement with those lies yeah it's just like challenging okay what what happened to me what are my beliefs and my thoughts about this how am I feeling and how am I acting all right what is heaven's perspective and how is that going to change everything this seems like a, a A meaningless tool sometimes because it takes a lot of time. But the reality is, is if you struggle with irrational thoughts, start trying this. On big beliefs and in things that happen in your life. All right, what am I believing? What am I feeling? Self-awareness is huge. All right, thank you, Melissa. You're awesome. So another helpful tool is communicate your thoughts out loud with both God and others. Communicate your thoughts out loud to others. Who are you communicating to? Because when we, I wrote this down, remaining stuck in your head is the quickest way to faulty thinking. There's just sheer chaos and lies in our head, and if we don't speak those out loud, you will remain in distortion. When we speak our thoughts out loud to others initially, and then I'm also going to hone in on God, when we speak our thoughts out loud, this helps illuminate distortion, helps illuminate when we're mind reading. This is huge. When I, if I walk into a room and someone gives me a bad look and I, I try to mind read and I just instantly make this assumption like that person doesn't like me. When you speak it out loud to someone else, they're like, okay, so they gave you a bad look. Now you think that they don't like you. It helps illuminate that you just read this person's mind. What are your facts? show me your facts. We mind read every day and we assume things and we're living in a reality that's not actually true. And if you're going to mind read, you might as well think happy thoughts. When you walk in, I heard someone say this. I totally stole this. It's not me. But when you walk in, you're like, that person gave me a bad look. I bet they love me. (laughs) Live in a happy world. If you're going to live in a make-believe world, live in a happy one. Come on. Communicate your thoughts out loud with others because this helps illuminate Discounting the positive. Have you ever talked to someone where all they're thinking about is that one negative thing when all these other positive things happen? Another one, all or nothing thinking. We go to these extremes, black or white, my whole life is over. Really? If you're talking to the right person, they're going to they're help you out. Help a sister out when she is discounting the positive or thinking all or nothing. Please. We've got to put ourselves in a position of being corrected when we get our thoughts out there. So not only do we want to communicate our thoughts out loud with others, but we want to communicate them with God. For me, this has been huge. I've been practicing turning my thoughts into prayers, turning my thoughts into conversations with God because it helps me become aware that I'm not alone, that he literally is with me at all times. So staying stuck in my head is going to make me isolate even from God. So turning your thought into a prayer could be something as simple as I walk outside, I open my door, and I'm like, It's nice out today. Turning it into a conversation with God is, Lord, it's nice out today. All that did, it's not some religious thing. All that did in my head was teach me to talk to God as opposed to just talking to myself. Philippians 4 6 through 7, it says, Do not worry. That word worry right there is actually do not take thought. Translates into take thought a couple of different times. Do not take thought about anything, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I love this part because it says, then you will experience God's peace. That's proactive. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. And then the following verse actually says the exact same thing. Then you experience God's peace when you fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. It's like, do you want your peace? All right. Let's start getting our conversations with God out. Let's fix our thoughts, which leads me to my last point. Feed yourself with the realities of heaven. It goes back to Romans 8. Like, if you, if you feed your flesh, that leads to death. If you feed your spirit, that leads to life. What are you feeding? Colossians 3 says, put to death whatever is lurking within you. How do you put something to death? You starve it. You no longer feed it. You are what you eat. If You're going to eat the things of the flesh. You're going to produce the things of the flesh. And that's going to be in your mind. So much of what you're feeding yourself with is going on in the unconscious realm. You don't even realize it. You walk into a room, you're like, Whoa, why did I just do what I did? And you're like, Wait a minute, I've been feeding myself with that thing over there, and it didn't manifest until way later. What are you listening to? What's filling your mind? Music. I love music. Music is my jam. (laughs) It's my jam. But we've got to ask ourselves, What is this music feeding in me? What is this music feeding in me? If David could play the harp and the tormenting spirit would leave Saul in a good way, like he would release holiness, what music is actually releasing the things of this earth onto you? Releasing things in the unseen realm that are not good, that are evil. What are you feeding yourself with when it comes to what you're watching? What podcasts are you listening to? Even for me, like podcasts from churches, I still have to test what I'm hearing. And I've got to just be aware that I need to feed the things of my spirit in order to overcome the battle in the mind. That feeding things even in the unconscious realm will affect you. Even if you're not aware of it, it will affect you. It will come out. So we've just got to ask ourselves, like this is a, A thing that's so unique to you, of God, what does feeding my mind and my spirit with the realities of heaven look like? And how am I actually continuing to feed the things of the flesh? What needs to die in me? Yeah, so I want us to just take a moment. I know I talked about a lot. Let's just ask the Lord. God, what what do you have for me in all of this? And what does feeding off the realities of heaven and setting my sights on the realities of heaven look like on a daily basis? What does that look like when I wake up in the morning? For me, I know that setting my sights on the realities of heaven And thinking on the things of heaven, not the things of earth. I need to just prepare myself in the morning and get in the Lord's presence. And renew my mind to what I was created for, for who I am on a daily basis. Lord, we want to be people who are overcomers of the battle in the mind. We want to be people who are overcomers of the torment of what the enemy tries to send our way. Yeah. So we just ask you to come invade, invade whatever is going on in each individual. If they're living in a false reality, if they've been, if they've come under deception or distortion or they're controlled by their thoughts, whatever it is, Lord, we just ask that peace, joy, and righteousness will be produced in their minds, Lord, and they will learn to see things from your perspective. Thank you, God.